Inventors are men and women who work hard to turn an idea into reality. The invention process is often long and hard with twists and turns before success is realized. Sometimes, however, these twists and turns can be deadly, with inventors being killed by their own inventions. So this is obviously a slightly morose topic in a way.、Uh, we're basically just going to talk about a bunch of people that died, but there is an irony to this list, which makes it kind of funny. So I mean, we I think we just have to state that upfront. You know, the idea of people being killed by something they made sometimes it can be quite funny. I'm sorry that those people died. Yes, it's it's tragic, but there's an element of irony, so we're covering it. This is one of my favorite Wikipedia articles that we found. In the process of trying to have, bring stuff together for this show, because it's kind of ridiculous, and there are some real gems in here.、Mm-hmm. So we figured, why don't we pull out some of our favorites <laughs> and talk about them? Favorites,、yeah. <laughs> our favorite deaths. So, Mike, do you want to get us started in the automotive world? Yes, in 1896, a man by the name of Sylvester Roper had a heart attack riding a steam-powered bicycle of his own design. I'm not surprised that he had a heart attack.、Uh, he claimed that his eight-horsepower machine could climb any hill and outrun any horse. He was clocked at going 40 miles per hour、wow. before crashing it during a heart attack, and he was 72 years old when this happened. <laughs> like a 72-year-old man going 40 miles per hour. On a steam-powered bicycle, the fact that it was only a heart attack that killed him is almost a miracle. In 1918, Francis Stanley was killed driving a Stanley steamer automobile. It was a steam-powered car that、uh, his family company built. In 1918, those steam-powered cars were already being overtaken by the ever-improving internal combustion engine. And after Francis' death, his brother sold the business, and it closed just a few years later in 1924. Steam engines kill people, kill inventors. That is what we have learned. That's the lesson so far. Valerian Abakovsky invented the Aero Wagon, an experimental high-speed rail car fitted with an aircraft engine. <laughs> Good lord! So Valerian decided to take the next step. Sod this、uh, steam stuff. It was designed with the intention of carrying Soviet officials at high speed across the USSR. And on July the twenty fourth, nineteen twenty one, Abakovsky was a passenger on an aero wagon that derailed at high speed. Obviously, killing everyone on board. Wow! Jet-powered train. In 1932, Fred Duesenberg was killed in a high-speed car crash. Like the Stanley brothers, is a family-owned company that built automobiles. He overturned it on a wet highway. It was thought that he was going to survive his spinal injuries, but unfortunately, developed pneumonia and passed away. And like the Stanley Steamer Automobile Company, Duesenberg Motors went out of business just a few years later、uh, after the founder's death. Such a shame that like he overturned the car and survived that injury. He he had spinal injuries, which he survived, but the pneumonia got him. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 1930s. Didn't have the medical technology we have now, I guess. All the car technology. That too. That's why everyone was flipping their steam cars. <laughs> so we move from the world of automotive vehicular transportation to aviation, and we start with Jean-François Pilatre de Rossier. He was the first known air crash fatality. On June fifteenth, seventeen eighty-five, he crashed his hot air balloon while trying to cross the English Channel.、Uh, whilst it was the first balloon that Rotsier had built, they are actually still in use today. Like his idea of how these balloons were built, 
they still use today. And in 1785, he came up with this idea. Wow. They use a multi-chamber design to hold helium and heated air like a regular hot air balloon to stay aloft. So the Rotsi air balloon was quite a fantastic thing. And unfortunately, he maybe pushed his engineering a little bit too far when he tried to crush an English town. It's a long way to go. It's a long way to go. And if you fall, there's nothing below you to help. No. In August of 1896, Otto Lilienthal was killed during a test of a heavier-than-air glider. And Otto was really dedicated to this experimentation. He built a fake hill behind his house to jump off of in gliders. And uh, in this August 1896 test, he fell 49 feet to the ground. He went to move to adjust his control of the glider and slipped out of the harness. Oh, that's such a shame. It's like just a little adjustment and then that's it. Like I said, fell 49 feet. He broke his back and died 36 hours later. And what really gets me about this story is that his last words to his brother where sacrifices must be made. Yes. yes. Really dedicated to the cause of, of, of human flight. If you're going to go, at least have your last words be something like that. It's pretty that. epic. Or what would have been even better is if he would have been shouting it as he was falling. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Otto has not been forgotten. He was later credited by the Wright brothers as a major inspiration in their work. And if you, you read about his work, uh, fixed-wing gliders, he had gliders that basically had like big flapping bird wings, like lots of ideas around human flight uh, using heavier-than-air vehicles. In a maybe less impressive death in 1912 a tailor named franz reichelt jumped off the eiffel tower to demonstrate his parachute suit Ugh. the platform that he used was 187 feet off the ground the parachute did not open and he plummeted to the ground in front of a gathered audience <laughs> maybe that sacrifice shouldn't have been made franz i'm sorry that that happened to you i, th I think i feel more sorry for the the people watching yeah that'd be horrifying yeah that and at that speed that's gonna make a real mess mike <laughs> you don't want to be in the front row man oh in 1973 an inventor by the name of henry smolinski died during a test flight of the ave mizar this was a flying car that he designed and built that took a ford pinto which is not a very good car and a cessna 337 small airplane and married the two. They had a couple of prototypes built. They were set for a 1974 sort of product introduction and rollout. They're going to do this test flight and his test pilot was suddenly unavailable. And so uh, Henry took control of the craft. And according to witnesses, the right wing collapsed, causing the accident. And what's really like notable about this is that the car plane was meant to be used in Man with the Golden Gun which came out in 1974, I think. Yep. Obviously, after this accident, they didn't want to to use it, and so they ended up doing something different for the film. Like, I feel like if you're in a Bond movie, that's like pretty good for your business. Uh, and of course, uh, they weren't able to do that after this after this terrible accident. The moral of the story is, don't use a Ford Pinto for a flying car. You already think that was what undid it all? Yeah. No. Uh, I think the welding between the car and the wings probably what did him in. So let's move into medicine, Mike. Thomas Smidley Jr. was an American mechanical engineer and chemist. He actually holds over 100 patents, including things like additives to gasoline and the first CFCs. But the reason he's in the, the medical category of this topic is that in 1940, at age 51, he was disabled after contracting polio. And he still wanted to work, so he devised an elaborate system of strings and pulleys to help him lift himself and help others lift him from his bed. And tragically, four years later, he became entangled in these ropes and died of strangulation at home in his bed i don't like this one it's the worst one i think 
Because it's so sad. I think it's the worst one. Because it wasn't even a blaze of glory. You know, many of these people, they die in a blaze of glory. They die doing the thing that they loved. He was maybe just trying to get out of bed. It's really sad. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Alexander Bogdanov was a Russian physician, philosopher, and science fiction writer. He experimented with blood transfusions. Oh, no. Searching for eternal youth and rejuvenation. Aren't we all? (laughs) I mean, sure. Uh, Well, I'm not going the blood transfusion route, but anyway. (laughs) After undergoing 11 blood transfusions, he remarked with satisfaction on the improvement of his eyesight and other positive symptoms. He was basically doping. Uh, He died in 1926 when he took the blood of a student suffering from malaria and tuberculosis i hope he didn't know this before because otherwise i feel that may have been an, uh, an unwise decision it is also thought now that the blood may have actually been a different type to his which wasn't well understood at the time hmm. well, there was all types of things going on here like rejection and malaria and tb sorry bogdanov that was a bad decision my biggest question here is about the student and in reading about this there wasn't much in the articles like taking a blood from a student sounds not cool like i don't know it's not a not a great move between like a student and a professor but mike let's talk about physics your favorite high school subject yes is that true what was your favorite high school subject um probably english sort of the opposite of physics (laughs) i wasn't very good at it actually yeah this one's pretty well known uh out of this list this is the one that i knew about uh going into this episode In 1934, Marie Curie died after co-discovering the radioactive elements radium and polonium. 1934, the effects of radiation were not well known at all. And so she was working with these elements, discovering new things about them. And she actually carried test tubes of the isotopes in her pocket um, and even noted in her journal that they had a slight glow uh, in the dark, which now, of course, we know lots more than they did in the 1930s. Yeah, it's interesting though, right? Because now, like, with just the very basic knowledge that we all have, we know that that is a terrible right. idea. But it's, it's interesting that there was just nothing known, so why would it have been a problem? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's 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 because of stories like this, unfortunately. Uh, but here's the real kicker to yeah. me. Because the levels of the radioactive contamination were so high, she has papers, including her cookbook, that date back as far as the 1890s, that are considered too dangerous to handle today. How did she live for more than a half an hour? It's amazing. Uh, that's, that's what really blows my mind about this one, is she was just walking around with this stuff for so long, like, and just living her life, but now, like... Hundreds of years later, we still can't go anywhere near the things that she was working with. It's it's mind-boggling, absolutely mind-boggling. Harry Dagilan and Lewis Stolin were physicists who worked on the invention of the atomic bomb. They both died after lethal doses of radiation in separate incidents with the same sample of plutonium. Wow. This sample was named the Demon Core, naturally, and was similar to what was used to bomb Nagasaki. It was the same thing, killed two people in different times. Yeah, I read a little bit about this, and one of the accidents involved a small tile being dropped on the sample, and then the sample emitting a large burst of radiation. And the other, I believe, was like the tip of a screwdriver, which is being used to adjust the cover over the sample, touched the sample itself, touched the plutonium, and again, set off a reaction that basically killed uh, the scientists working on it. It seemed like they were trying to be careful, but not careful enough, right? Like things could get dropped on it and stuff could touch <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And- now, of course, I think, I think the safety procedures are a little bit better understood. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a few people who were actually not killed by their inventions, but are rumored to have been, including two I have heard as fact. 
which is really interesting. Let's start first with with Wan Hu in the 16th century in China. Chinese official who is said to have attempted to launch himself into outer space in a chair with 47 rockets attached to it. The rockets exploded, and it is said that neither he nor the chair were ever seen again. But there's lots of questions about this. No one knows if he were, if he was killed. I think there's even some question as, like, if it even happened. I like the story because Mythbusters did an episode about it years and years ago with the rocket chair. Yep, and they were like, no, there was no way. <laughs> there was no way he went up in the air. <laughs> yeah, Buster had a bad day that day. Yeah, he had lots of bad days. This was a specifically bad one. Joseph Guillotine was a French physician and Freemason in October 1780. He proposed the use of a device to carry out the death penalty in a more humane way. He did not build the first guillotine. It was built by a German engineer named Tobias Schmidt. And contrary to rumours, Joseph Guillotine wasn't killed by a guillotine. He died of natural causes in 1914. So all he did was propose a way for this to happen. He didn't build it. He didn't ever operate it. He wasn't killed by it, but they still named it after him. <laughs> yep. That's not that's no good. The the last one is from 2010, and this is one Everyone that I've, knows this one. I've heard is true, I thought was true, not true. So in 2010, British millionaire James Hesselden died after falling from a cliff on his Segway. The rumor is that he invented the Segway, right? You hear it, Segway inventor killed by Segway. Actually, not true at all. He had purchased Segway Incorporated just nine months earlier, but he didn't invent any of the technology in use by the company or in any of its products. He was just a businessman who bought the company and bought its assets, went out for a nice ride, and didn't come home. I thought that was true. Yep. too, But it wasn't true. Not true. So, Stephen, what have you learned from this episode? I'm, I'm glad that I, I can't think of a way that podcasting could kill me. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, there is that. I mean... We didn't invent podcasting, though. That's true. Maybe this show. We invented this show. So if there is a way for Wikipedia articles to kill someone, then we may meet our demise that way. Making stuff, like creating stuff, especially physical things like cars and dealing with science and medicine, like there are really dangerous things that people do every day and things that we just take for granted now, like the safety in x-ray machines or uh, the internal combustion engine or the fact that we still don't have flying cars made of Ford Pintos. Like, we just take that for granted now. But that stuff came into the world, sometimes, like, shrouded in tragedy and always through lots of hard work and blood and sweat and tears. And so my hat's off to anyone who invents anything, really. It seems like an incredible feat to to have an idea and then make a physical thing just always uh, gets my attention. So as always, if you have any suggestions for any topics or any feedback about the show, you can send them to us on Twitter. We are at Ungeniest for the show. Stephen is at ISMH. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you to everyone who sends in their feedback. We've found out some really awesome things about people. There was a listener who wrote in who had a family member who was in the uh, Ghost Army, which was awesome. So yeah, feel free to send in anything. We'd love to see what you have. And uh, as always, please share the show with friends if you enjoy it, because it helps get the word out. Thank you so much for listening to Ingenious. We'll be back next time. Adios.